heavy metal the way it was meant to be.
All right, we're starting today's show with some Agnostic Front and The Eliminator. And if anybody remembers Vinny Stigma's first band, The Eliminators, the name is the same. And Vinny is our first guest up tonight in about 15, 20 minutes or so. And we're going to follow him up with the exalted one, the mighty pile driver calling in from Canada about a quarter after seven. And in between that time, we got a lot of great music for you. Let me welcome back my buddy, Big T. What's going on there? Hey, bro. How's it going? Pretty good. What's happening, buddy? Oh, not, a, not a bunch. Not, not a bunch? Much, not much. Not a bunch. Whatever. Not a bunch. All right, that sounds good to me. Well, hey, listen, you missed a great show last night, man. I got to tell you, I went over to the St. Vitus Bar in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and, man, I tell you, it was like 1984 all over again in that place. Oh, what a show, man. I I can't tell you. Uh, Raph, who I've never seen, though I've been a fan of this since the 80s. They're back together. They've been playing a lot of shows lately. They opened things up. Uh, Boys Heretic came out from California. They were up next. We had our buddies from Attacker on after that. Then it was Viking, and then James Rivera stood up with Hellstar. What an! I tell you, it was a nice crowd too. You know, it was it was crowded enough to make the bands happy because you know it was a full house. Yeah. But it, it wasn't so bad where it was so crowded that you couldn't just enjoy yourself by you know standing up and hanging around because it's most like a standing room place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to ask one They put benches on the side now and more bar stools out. So it was a little bit better this time around. Oh. There was somewhere to go sit down and you know and. Get a load off your feet, especially when you're our age, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, Raph, they just they blew the joint open, man. They came out, they were so strong. They and I, I, I gotta give credit to the sound man. I, I tell you, what an amazing job he made that place sound like it was Madison Square Garden. It was just incredible. Wow. Oh, this was the best sound I think I've ever heard, like in a small club in my oh, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Incredible job. I was last time I was there it was Empire of Evil, and they were great. You know, I was up front, so it was a little better. But if you were in the back, the sound was really staticky and this guy did a fantastic job man so uh kudos to him and our uh, boys heretic came on next i you know i, I don't want to c- talk too much about everything because i'll start sound like eddie trunk you know oh well yeah you had a good time well what's the matter with that <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. With that? No, it was pretty cool I, you know I, I got to hang out with julian the singer for a little bit yeah he him and his wife came in his wife Lillian, a real nice girl we were all hanging out and glenn rogers was there and i got to hang out with angelo and and kevin and we had a blast, and then I got to meet Ron from Viking. We were hanging out for a little bit, and my buddy Jeff Eternal Metal, who was supposed to be on the show last week uh, with his band President Darkness, he's now fronting Metadox, which is uh, Frank Tassi, who used to be in Desdemone. He's got this – it's actually an old band he had, but he you know, he reignited, I guess, after Desdemone fell apart, and yeah. I got to hang out with them and Mike Lapon from Symphony X. So we, we had a blast last night. Mike Sabatini from Attacka. I didn't get to see Bobby. He didn't show up till uh, later. And uh, they were on the stage before I came back in from getting some fresh air. So yeah. I miss Bobby, which I apologize. But he sounded great front and attacking, man. I mean, when you watched him this night, you're like, this is the lineup. It should have been from day one, I think, because wow. they were just that tight and that good, you know? That's great. Uh, amazing, man. And Viking, the Viking was supposed to headline. Uh, James Rivera was uh, supposed to go in with Hellstar before Viking. That's something that's been going on a lot lately. Oh. You know, where, like, the headline band... It's trying to go on more towards the middle of the bill or like yeah. before the end because they're afraid people are going to leave. No, people don't hang till the very end. A- exactly. So uh, they, they switch places with Viking. But uh, James, never, I was supposed to interview him last night. I waited till like 10 o'clock. He never showed up. He was running late. And then I think that's why Viking went on before Helson. They wound up headlining like they were supposed to anyway because he was just running late getting to the place, you know? Yeah. 
but they sounded great too in Viking. Because even though I was talking with Ron for Viking, he was like, you know, they switched us. We're going on last night. He goes, now I'm really going to find out who came to see us or, you know, just people are just going to leave. I, you know, and the talk of the place is a lot of people were there for Viking and Heretic because right. they've never seen them on the East Coast before. Sure. And it was it was a great, great night, I got to tell you. I had, I had a good time, and everybody was so cool there last night, you know. It was like the old days, being at Lemoore's, I'm telling you. It was like everybody was there to have a good time. There was no trouble, no headaches. Yeah. Great show. And one thing I didn't know is that the St. Vitus Bar, they broadcast live their concerts on the Internet as yeah, they're going I, on. I saw that when you – I think you posted something. Someone posted after you, and I saw an address, gander.com or something. Yeah, or gander.com. Gander.tv or something. Yeah, gander.tv. So I clicked on the link, and I saw a band up there with a lefty guitar player. That was probably Heretic. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So was, I mean, I should, I you know, I could I didn't have the headphones with me, so uh, I, I you know, my head, my phone doesn't have the the greatest sound. But yeah, I I didn't know that. That's a great thing. By the time I was home, it was you know the live show was over. Yeah. But I clicked the link to watch it. I was like, holy, this is and you know it even shows like it's like a steady camera filming it because you're just like in between the bands when other bands are setting up. Yeah. I, it was such a great thing because somebody put the link on um. I think it was Sean from Eddie's Mate, so he's the the manager for Heretic. I think he sent the link to me, but I didn't see it until after I had gotten home from the show. Right. So I, and, I, and I taped all the bands last night anyway with my MP3. I taped all the bands. Uh, oh, cool. So, so I could have that, you know. And it, it came out pretty good in that thing. It was the first time I did it digitally, so it wasn't too bad. But great thing, like if you can't make it and you want to see a band, you can at least go on there and check it out. And mm-hmm. one thing thing about it is like, you know, one band ended – and within 10 to 15 minutes, the next man was set up and ready to go. So it was like it was like a machine, one after the other. Yeah, not waiting or hanging around. Not that you wouldn't mind, because it really is. you got to come one night. It's really such a cool bar to hang out in. Cool. got a lot of beers on tap and, like, specialty beers and everything. And all they have is food on buns. You get, like, a Philly cheesesteak on a bun, a roast pork on a bun, some kind of sausage on a bun. It's like gourmet bun food. Oh, okay. Yeah, really cool. Plus, you know, the neighborhood over there, it's different. It's changed now. It's It's like a... Well, it's like a hipster type neighborhood, you know, yeah, Greenpoint. Yeah, sort of hipster, yeah. yeah. Not like it used to be. Plus, there's plenty of parking last night, so that was a good thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you had to run on the block last night. You could have parked anywhere, so that's a rarity in that area. Yeah, definitely. A great show. So the next time, I got to drag your ass out there with me. Yeah, we'll see if I feel better next time. Yeah, you come out, and uh, I don't know who's playing. <laughs> next time is a good show. We, we have to head over to that area and go and go and check it out. But uh, we'll be out this week. We're going to interview uh, Doug and Biff from Saxon this week, so that'll be pretty cool. We'll get to hang out with those guys for a little bit. Wow. Right there. We'll have that on the end next week because uh, they're getting ready to take off one of those cruises. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure which one it is. Whatever the next cruise is that's going out, one of those rock cruises. Uh, oh, it's up to 5,000 5, pounds or whatever. That took place already. Um, I think this is the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Oh, Monsters. Yeah, because they're here, like, on the, I guess they're here, like, before they they fly, I guess, to Florida, wherever it's coming out of, you know, mm-hmm. next day. So we'll stop by and see it, and we'll get that on next week. But tonight, uh, I spoke with Vinny Stigma earlier from Agnostic Front, and his original band, The Eliminators, has got his own band going with Stigma now for quite some time. And I tell you, this was the best. I had such a good time talking to Vinny, and we're going to get to interview on in a little bit after a few tunes. It was like talking to another grease ball, like another Italian-American, you know what I mean? Somebody that sounds just like me, I feel like I was to myself when I was talking to him. <laughs> Uh, it's always nice hearing somebody talk like you. So you say, oh, that's what I sound like. All right. So it's a pretty cool. Sound like you're talking in the mirror. Exactly. And then 
the mighty pile driver, the exalted pile driver will be calling in after 7 o'clock from his uh, bunker in Canada. So that'll be pretty good. He is a maniac, that guy. He puts on a crazy show. So he should be a real fun interview also. We'll get that on. But how about we do a little New York hardcore for a couple of tunes since we're going to have Vinny up first. And uh, we'll take that from there. Enjoy it. All right. Here you go. Some Cro-Mags.
All right, Ludacrist with fire in the firehouse. Well, you know what, T? I think we should talk to Vinny Stigma, get that going, play something off his brand new Stigma record, and then we get to hang out a little bit, do our demolition segment. Kenny will be calling in with the concert calendar for the week, right. and then we got the Exalted Pile Driver coming on. So how does that sound? Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, here you go. Hey, Vinny, this is Mike. Is that you? Hey. Mike. Yeah, man, how you doing? All right, good. What's going on, kid? Not much, man. How you been? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. All right. How's everything going, Vinny? How you been? Good, good. We were at the radio station last night having a good time, you know, playing some music, you know, hanging around with the fellas, you know. Uh, life don't get any better than that after like 30-something years of doing this, huh? Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's easy for me. Because I got the tattoo shop, New York Hardcore Tattoos is right there. The, the the East Village Radio is right there. I live in Little Italy. I live I lived only a few blocks from CBGBs. I mean, I'm in my neighborhood all the time, and this is what I do. I know. You got to be the last Italian in Little Italy. One of the last Italians. You know, my I, my grandfather used to have a pigeon coop on the roof. Oh, man, you go. I still got my family over on Hester Street. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Hester where? Where? Hester, right, it's got to be right up for Mulberry. Uh, it's right where the San Gennaro Feast is, right on that corner where it starts. Uh, right ends down there. Right. corner, they call that. Yeah, my uncle used to sell the peanuts out of the cart over there. For, forget Don't about tell it. me Vinny Peanuts. You know him. Vinny Peanuts is your uncle. Yeah. Then you got to know Mary Ann, Patty's brother. That's right. Ah, oh, my own unbelievable. I got the chills. Mikey, <laughs> I, I got the... Small world, huh? Unbelievable. Of course I know Vinny. All right, there you go. And Baby John and, and, and Charlie Brown. I don't know Charlie Brown, but uh, <laughs> know most of them. It's been a long time since I've seen them, too. I haven't gotten down there in a while. Um, I know them all. I'm, I'm there all the time. Yeah, it's, it's a small community still, you know. It, it's sort of like what the, what the punk and hardcore scene was back in the day. You know, it was a tight-knit, insulated community. And then heavy metal infiltrated it in the mid-'80s, and uh, all the metalheads wanted to be skinheads, and they kind of killed it. <laughs> but you know, I, I still there's still pockets here and there. Like there's Mary Numbers and uh, Marie Cats, and all, you know, there's still people hanging around. Yeah, it's a different place, man. The Lower East Side, Alphabet City, it's all changed over the years. You don't even recognize it sometimes when you go there these days. I went down uh, what do you call uh, uh, Norfolk Street the other night, and I was like. Uh, you know, because what, what, what were we doing down there? We were hanging out, went to a red, like had a couple of wines at some bar or something, you know? Yeah. I didn't even recognize it myself. It's incredible. Yeah, unbelievable. But I'm still there. Uh, that's good to know, Vinny. I'm glad you're there. And I was saying earlier, man, you've been going at this for over 30 years. I mean, from the Eliminators, you know, through AF, to Mabel, to the, to the solo stuff, it's incredible. I mean, they call you the, the godfather of punk now. Yeah, well, you know, I've been around a long time. I mean, I mean, from hanging out with Johnny Thunders <laughs> and, and uh, Frankie Cadillac, talking about fucking making meatballs on the corner of, by, <laughs> by uh, uh, Max's Kansas City in the 70s, you know? And yeah. uh, because he was shuck a don, uh, Johnny Thunders. He used to put the raisins in the meatballs. I'm ah. a lovely don. We don't, we don't put the raisins in the Not meatballs. We Rajol. That's right. <laughs> and I always that. say, I, I look down and I always say, 
I know I still make better meatballs than Johnny Thunders. <laughs> I'm sure you do, man. <laughs> so everybody used to like maybe talk about drugs or music. Not me. I go hang out with these people. I talk about making meatballs, hanging out. You know, I love it. You know, people expect you to be that angry 20-year-old kid who was making music and it's just living that, you know, that live or die attitude that we all had back in the day. So, you know, we all get older and time goes on and we kind of, you know, we kind of change over the years. You're getting softer as you're getting a little older. Well, the world changes, but I still have I still have the hate in me. You can't write good punk or hardcore without having a hate in you. Yeah. Not that I'm a hateful person or anything, but you got to stand up for what you believe in, whether it's political, social, you know what I mean? you got to believe in your family, your, your, your values. you got to stand up, and you have to have these convictions. Oh, without a doubt, man. And you guys always always have expressed that. I mean, you know, you go back to, like, a knock to front, you know, the AF from United Blood is not the AF of My Life, My Way. You guys have evolved and changed over the years, and all the experiences that you've had have always been written into your music. And it just shows, like, your journey. If anybody's followed you guys from the beginning till now, they see that journey that you guys have taken throughout your whole life. Yeah, well, I'm lucky I had a partner like Roger. You know what I mean? That's that's like a, like a real brother. He's like real family with me. You know what I mean? I'm partners with the guy over 30 years now. And uh, I tell you, Mike, it's never. It's like we it's better than ever. Uh, you know, we've been through the hard days. We've been through the squats, the punk rock, the fighting, you know, the arguing. Not only not with just each other, but with other people and society itself. You know, standing up for what we believe in. You know, whether it's CBGBs or anything in the punk movement. You know, so you know, I I had a good. A good brother like Roger, so it, it's nice to have that, you know. Ah, uh, definitely, man. And you know, I'm glad that you were able to get around to another Stigma record. You know, you got for Love and Glory out there now, a lot different than the first solo record. But man, I tell you, the shit you're still coming up with is outrageous. I mean, I, I love this because it's like a different side of you that we don't get to see with AF. I mean, it's got that tinge of it in there because you know it's you. You can't help it. But yeah, it's right. so different than anything you do with AF. You know, Mike. Uh... I got a lot of music left in me. I think I got more music now than I ever had. Because a lot of guys, after 30 years, they can't come up with a new material, a new album. And I understand that because, you know, I make a new album every couple of years because I'm even now working on a new Agnostic Front record. You know, because we're on Nuclear Blast, and, I gotta, and I'm going to drop another album at the end of the year, an AF record. Ooh. So you got a lot, you really got a lot going on. Oh, yeah, I got to do And then this summer I'm doing the... I'm doing the, the 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 festivals, you know, and and then we go as as I'm writing a record, you know, for Agnostic Front. But uh, these couple of weekends we're doing, uh, you know, I, I'm dropping the record, the Stigma record, and you know we just had the the record release party at uh, Jesse's place at uh, the Bowery Electric it was really good. We had like two man advantage. We had this band, No Dice, with my friend. They're great, a great new hardcore band. Uh, no Redeeming Social Values, 25th anniversary. It was such a good show. I never got so many calls. They Even the place itself said they never had a show like that. Like so many people packed the joint, you know? Yeah. Uh, man, that's good to know. You know, you know, Vinny, a lot of people, they, they focus on, on metal and heavy metal where, you know, the scene kind of died, you know, after the 80s, you know, when all the other shit took over. 
you know, Hulk has had a loyal following from day one. There may not be as many places like to get to like it used to be, or, or the scene's not as insulated as it was. But when did you see like the scene starting to change, where you just said, you know, this isn't what it used to be? Well, you know, like when the like the the after the crossover, that that the, the crossover type thing, like the corrosion of conformities or the DRIs. After that era, then came like the like the the rap, the graffiti, then the internet or the cell phones. You know that you know. It, 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 kids didn't make their bones in a way that they, you know, like we used to stand outside CBGB's in the freezing weather with a can of beer in our hand every, right. every Sunday, yep. you know, and, and kids don't experience that. Like, I'm not saying they got to go hang out, you know, but I do that now in front of the, the black and blue radio station on t- every Tuesday night. I'm there. If I'm in the, if I'm in the neighborhood, you know, instead of being on tour, I'm there out there talking. I get in, I talk on the radio. I, I, I hang out because cousin Joe does a great job on the radio. He's such a good guy. He does a lot for the scene, you know? Yeah. And uh, I try to support him as much as I could, whether it's selling tickets for the black and blue show uh, at my tattoo shop or, or whatever I got to do, you know, I'm I, I'm always there for hardcore because I believe in it, and it's no big deal for me. You know, I'm 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 57 years old. You know what I mean? I never left hardcore, but I never grew out of this culture. I don't know how people grow out of a culture. It's like saying, oh, I don't want to be Italian no more or something. I don't know. <laughs> I I just I love what I do, and I yeah. and I'm going to keep doing it. Well, I, I'm okay. I'm pretty good at it, but I just even if I wasn't, I'd I'd fucking do it anyway. Oh man, I'm, you know, I feel the same as you, man. I, I never grew out of anything that I was into as a kid until today. I still believe in the same stuff. I still stand for it. You know, the world moves by, and you gotta you gotta kind of adapt and go with it. But I never lost that. It just that it seems like we live in a society where everything is disposable. It's like, yeah, that's old. Get rid of it. Which new? Which new? The next thing, and, and nobody holds on to what they believed in, and that's. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so fucked up around here today. I hear you. I mean, even like the, with the sound, like you were saying, from United Blood to like uh, uh, My Life, My Way, even the studios you go in are different. The mics are different. The amps are different. The way you record is different. Nobody uses like four track or 16 track. Everything's digital, analog or whatever, you know, like all kinds of stuff like that, you know, pro tools and stuff. So you got to go along with it. But yet you got to stand by your conviction, and that's what I try to do, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I remember those days. Every Sunday, the matinee, CBGBs. I mean, you got a whole bunch of great bands like Three Four Hours. You kill the whole day there. It was just an amazing scene at the time. And I forgot before that. I think uh, Hilly Crystal had a club called Hilly or something back in the day. I, yes, he did. It was called Hilly's on the Bowery before it was uh, like technically CBGBs. That's it. And uh, Hilly really loved me. A man of few words. You know, and every Sunday, because I practically played there every Sunday, yeah. and I'd go, well, I was there every Sunday, and I used to see him, like, and i say, hey, Hilly, you go, hey, Vinny, how you doing? What's going on? Nah, not much. Make a little small talk. Say, and I used to tell him, coffee? Yeah, okay. And I go, I go get coffee, and I bring back sometimes those Pignoli cookies. Yeah. Right on. Did he love those Italian cookies? <laughs> I swear to God, Mike, I, I got the chills. I got the goosebumps talking to you. Because he, and then, okay, Hilly, I go back, set my amp up, or do what I got to do, and he disappeared. And I never see him until another Sunday or two after that. Yeah. Yeah, he was an enigma, that guy. But uh, you know what? He did yeah. so much for that scene oh, back in the day. Forget it. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I, 
have a live album out of CBGB's. You know, uh, Agnostic Front live at CBGB's. Yeah. I mean, a, a, uh, uh, that's approved by Hilly Crystal. So, uh, like a, a real one, you know what I mean? Not like an off the board type yeah. thing, you know what I mean? And I'm so honored that I, that, you know, that I have this. It's even mentioned in the movie, uh, Burning Down the House. It's a movie about Hilly Crystal. I don't know if you ever seen it. It's kind of a very underground movie. No, I never saw and, that. And uh, it's mentioned in there, and I'm so proud that, like, you know, even if it's one day of the 10, 15,000 days of CBGBs, whatever it is, how many days, it's a slice of one day, and and I got it on on vinyl, you know? And that's pretty cool. That, that's without a doubt. I got to look for that one. That must be That must be cool to see that. I got to look for that one. Yeah, it's kind of like it's not the this is hardcore American hardcore. That's yeah. another one, but th- this is burning down the house. CBGBs, I, I, you know, I only seen it in the in the in the in the move in the Zigfield when they showed it. I had a ticket to go, you know, because I was invited. Yeah, uh, that's some good stuff. You know, Vinny, talking about the new record and everything, you got Mike with you. You took Mike along from AF. Uh, you guys been working together for a long time in AF. And you got him with you on your solo stuff. Uh, you comfortable working with Mike, I guess? Plus, he, what, he helped produce the record along with Lars? Uh, Mike, forget it. Mike Gallo is like a, a godsend. He's like my brother. I love him. He's the greatest guy. He's in the band because he he was part of the scene. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what we're about. You know, I, I could go to a studio and get a great drummer, a great bass player, great... That's fuck that. I, oops, sorry. Uh, I won't do that. You know what I mean? It's got you. Got to have integrity. I mean, you know, and uh, and and Mike's a great songwriter. You know, he's a great bass player and a great guy. He's he's like my best friend in the whole world. I can see why you got him with you now. So, that, are you going to be able to get out enough with this album? Because I know, like you said, you're, you're going to work on a New Agnostic Front. You're probably going to go out with them next year. You're going to be able to get around this year and, and do some shows with Stigma. Yes. Well, next weekend we're doing a a, a thing at Sinclair's pub in Long Island in West Babylon with uh, let's see who we're doing it with uh, Bottom Out, Last Call Brawl Live Fast, Die Fast Great Guys, all these are Long Island bands and then we're getting some bands come down from like New England, like Reason to Fight The, the Enemy Within Held Hostage, Redline Rebels you know the, we're doing that and they're all great guys I know them too, cause, and then we're going up to Rhode Island to play, so I'll be a little bit on the road with Stigma then we're going to write the AF record, go on tour. But on May, May 2nd, I leave for Europe with, uh, with, with Stigma to do the tour with Stompin' 98 and Old Firm Casuals. And we've got a European tour booked up. I come back. I, I come back. I do what I got to do. And I, uh, I go back out with Agnostic Front. And I start doing the festivals. As all along, I write with Agnostic Front, Agnostic Front record, and still let the Stigma record mature and play a couple of shows off here and there. Man, that sounds great. I mean, there's so yeah, many bands really still busy, going. busy, you know, Mike? Yeah, I know. I know, man. And, and there's so many bands still going from back in the day. I mean, you know, Sick of It All's out there, Murphy's Law, The Bad Brains. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see guys like you again come around, you know, in our lifetime in this scene. It was just such an amazing thing back then. Do you ever try to hook up with some of the older bands, you know, like to put on a bill like from back in the day? 
Well, we're, speaking of hardcore and the brotherhood of hardcore, we're doing a benefit show for a friend of mine, Daryl, who, who, who was in a car accident and passed away in Detroit. And we're doing it at uh, uh, Dingbats in Jersey. And uh, we're doing it with Murphy's Law and, and Stigma and Brick by Brick, another band that's from up there. And, you know, you know, so we're there and, we're, you know, we, we try to, you know, put comfort for the family and maybe raise some money for our brother who passed away. And, you know, it, it's no big deal for me. I do it and I do it with, with, a, with a heavy heart. Yeah. But you're there to raise the money. That's a good thing, too. So if you can help somebody out in the process, it's all worth it. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Yeah. You, you see, like, yeah, you go back to days. You, Stormtroopers are death. The guys from Anthrax and, and Billy yeah, Milano. Billy Milano. Yeah, Billy Milano from MLD. Do you think they did yeah. more harm or more good for the hardcore scene? Because that's kind of what got a lot of the metalheads into the music. And it was good because it filled up a lot of shows, sold records. But I, I, they really weren't into it, I don't think. They wanted to see more like, you know, SOD than like the real hardcore or the punk bands from back in the day. Well, you know, anybody that could bring anybody to a show is good because we'll just convince them that this is better, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, a lot of hardcore today has a metal edge to it, you know. Yeah. You know, and it's not the tr true, pure hardcore because those days are kind of over in a way, you know. I hate yeah. saying, but, I, I mean, I always throw one or two hard, hardcore songs and you know, and but uh, you know what? All's welcome at a hardcore show. You know, hardcore's for everybody. So uh, let it go. You know. Definitely, I know what you're saying. You know, when you start out and you're young, you just want to get on stage. You're angry. You want to write. You want to play. You want to express yourself. But like thirty something years later, do you kind of look like the accolades that come with it? People saying, you know, because you're an amazing guitar player, and you don't get enough credit for what you do behind the behind the, the guitar. But as you get older, you say, you know what? I like to have somebody say the album is, you know, kick ass. You know, I'm a great guitar. Do it looks like accolades later on where you don't really care about that when you're younger? Well, I tell you right now, Mike. I mean, everybody loves the record, so I'm I'm very proud of that, and I'm very grateful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I I I I'm very honored. I I you know. I'm okay with it, Mike. I'm I'm just okay with everything, you know. And I do get a little credit. I, you know, I I do. And I, hey, I'm happy the way I play the guitar. You know, I I taught a lot of kids how to play guitar in my life, and I still teach children and old people how to play, you know, music. And you know, and for old people, I do it so they have something to do for the, with themselves to keep them occupied. And when I teach like kids. Or children, I do it for selfish reasons. Why? Because when they grow up and someone asks them, where'd you learn how to play the guitar? I want them to say, Vinny Stigma taught me how to play the guitar. <laughs> there That's you go, why. Man. Yeah, that, you know. I, I guess it's probably, it probably means more to you when you get a kid at a show, you know, just giving you a pat in the back, saying, man, thanks for the great music. Then oh, anything anybody it. You know, when you see you. a kid that's like 17 years old singing songs of, 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 of singing words to a song that I wrote 25 years ago, that's amazing, Mikey. That's yeah. unbelievable. It's incredible. It's right. Uh, you know, you know, that he knows what I'm about and, 
you know, and I always got to be a good guy, Mike. I always, you know, got to, you know, I always got to remember, you know, I always say to myself, Vinny, you know, you, you got to be a good guy. You got to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, you, you, you got to be, uh, you know, these kids are looking up to you and you don't want to be this and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be, too, you don't want to be a drunk. You don't want to be a hater. You don't want to be a drug addict or a, or a bullshit artist or a sellout. You know, you've always got to maintain integrity. And so I try to do that, you know. And I go over to anybody, anywhere, and I'll start a conversation about anything, anytime, with anybody. I love it. Hey, that, that's important, man. That's what keeps you real. That's what keeps you down to earth. It keeps you connected to everybody by having that attitude, you know. You know, when I see a kid at a hardcore show and he's, like, tucked away in a corner, like, you know, I push people out of the way. Like, hey, what are you doing hanging out over there? Get over here. You know what I mean? I bring them into yeah. the fold. That's what you got to do. You know, the band, I mean, you've, you've had a real consistent life. I mean, you and Roger have been there since the beginning. And, you know, Mike has been there since, like, 2000, 2001. And the other guys have been there a few years now. So it must be pretty good to have a consistent lineup, you know, where you work together well and you know each other. Because I know you've gone through quite a bit of members over the years. I mean, who won after 30-something years of doing this? But, but yeah, you know, who so died, who went to jail, who, who who's missing, you know? Whatever happened yes. to Gordon Ansis? That guy was in the band in, like, a flesh. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know. He lives in Jersey somewhere. But uh, you know, I got Pokey Mo on drums now. He used yeah. to be the drummer for Leeway. Yep. Anyway, he's on drums. I got Joey from Brooklyn, Joe the Crow, I call him. You know, <laughs> he, he's a good lead guitar player. Me, Roger, and uh, Mike Gallows. That's yeah. the band now. You know? It's it's a good lineup and it's a solid lineup, but I'm looking forward to hearing the new record. If any, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know you got a whole bunch of these to do today, but ah, Mike, yeah, I don't care. You know me. Yeah, I, I, I love you. I want to see you in person. But I'm going to come meet you. I got to give you my phone number. Or give me yours. Or I'll come meet you in the city. I'll bring you some fresh homemade toroni or some pastori. All right. Don't make the meatballs without the raisins. I like those. Uh, are you nubbly done, Mike? Uh, half and half. Sicilian nubbly done. Yeah, I got to get the best of both of me, you know? I love it. I love Mikey. I love you. I hit, my number is, let me give you my number just so you got it. It's 646, you know, like Emma 48. Like the staging bull? That's right, yeah. Emma 48, I love it. That's right. I got that number, Vinny. Listen, I'm going to give you a call soon, and I'm going to take you out. And I treat you some good Italian food in the city. Mikey, we, you could come down to the radio station. Little Frankie's is right is part of the radio station. We can go right there, get on the radio, blah, 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 bang, get a bang, bing. We'll have a great time, and everything will be great. I'm dying to meet you, Mike. That sounds good, man. I'll give you a call next week. We'll do it next week if you're around. Mike, I love you. I feel like I know you forever. Hey, you know what's grease balls? We all know each other. Mike, anytime, anywhere. You got it, Vinny. Take care, buddy. I right, thank you, my God bless. Thank you. Take care, buddy.
All right, off the brand new Stigma record, Just an Average Man, the song Average Man. He's got some great stuff going on with this record. You know, it's a little bit of what he does with Agnostic Front, but a whole lot different. You know, it's Vinny Stigma. You get what you get with that guy. And I tell you, tell you he's like the most down-to-earth guy. You, you, you got to get him focused. And once you get him focused, he don't, he'll keep going. I love him, man. He seems like yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he, he's not the kind of guy who's interested in promoting his music and his album. He just yeah. wants to bullshit and talk about everything and anything that's going on in his life. And in the world, and it's amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. He's a definitely genuine guy. Yeah, and people forget that he's Italian. He's Italiano. Stigma's not his real last name, you know? Yeah, it's probably um, some kind of shortened version of it. It's Cuccia Mano or something. I can't pronounce the name of it. You think Uh-oh. I'd be able to, right? <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, we like always that. do that, yeah. Yeah, but great guy. I'm going to meet up with him this week. We'll hang out at the radio station and... uh Get a little grub going down our bellies. I can't really eat because I'm on Weight Watchers, but I'll have a salad. I'll have a salad. We'll do that. <laughs> hey, I'm down 40 pounds in eight weeks, so I'm not oh, going to blow it. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep this thing going here. But great guy, Vinny. Coming up in about a half hour, the exalted pile driver. But you know what? We got to get to our demolition segment. So I need the metal masses out there. I need our legions of tape traders to give me a hand with this one because... I dug it up out of my collection. It says Assassin, and there were a whole bunch of bands named Assassin in the 80s, like five or six from the U.S. alone that were playing out like the mid-80s to the early 90s. There's a German Assassin, and it's none of the more popular ones. are the ones that were in the circuit back then. At least I can't get any of these songs to match up with any of the albums or demos that this band has. So I believe it's from 1984, the demo tape. It's up on the block spot now. Most of the titles, I think, are correct. They kind of made them out by the choruses. The only way I could figure them out. And I, I think they're right, but... So, if anybody has any information, the one song I know the title is right on is the first one called Stormbringer. So, I'm going to play that. And if you got any info, just send it my way. I appreciate that because you guys always do that for me with the other stuff. I'm still waiting on the Cuda Bucks. Nobody has any clue about that. It's gotten hundreds wow. of downloads, but nobody knows who the hell they are. But wow. if you know who this assassin is, where they come from, or if there's a name to the demo... Just email me anywhere. You know, you, people can get in touch with me quite easily. And I want to thank all the bands out there that have been liking the Facebook page after I complained last week because now before they send me something, they like the page at least. So that's pretty oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, you know, that, that's only you know, a sign of, you know, respect for each other. You promote me. Come on. So there you go. And also, I want to just thank Zach, Zach Stevens from last week because last week's show, T, was our most listened to show in four and a half years. Wow. Well over 40,000 listens uh, for that show, and it pushed us over the half a million mark here on Block Talk Radio, so I'm real proud about that. You know, it's, well, I'm uh, sure it wasn't the first hour I went on. <laughs> That's the only time people tune in, because when the Ranger game, they all leave, so it's no big deal. <laughs> all right, well, let me get that Assassin song on for you right now. Like I said, it's up at the Block Spot. Head over there, download yourself a copy of the demo, and send me any info you have on it. All right. Right. 
with Snow White, and I figured that's a fitting intro oh. to Mr. Ken Pierce from PierceTheMetal.com with the song New Messiah, the man who is a legend in his own mind. Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm a legend in my own mind, eh? Oh, holy crap, man. Hey, so I am calling you right now from the streets of New York City Metal to uh, give you a quick update. I don't have as much news, and I just want to just tell you the only thing I want to really talk about and say is hallelujah that Randy Blind has been not guilty for the murder charge that was against him out in the Czech Republic. That is fucking awesome. But let's remember that a kid still died during one of their shows, and that was never, ever supposed to happen. So fans, be very careful. I'm sorry if I'm shouting. I am on 42nd Street Times Square right now, getting ready to go in and see Nile, baby. Nile is doing a headlining set, doing a best of night with two sets of smoldering metal at BB King. So if you get your ass on the road now, you still will get to BB King Blues Club and enjoy their set. They're opening up uh, the set with a band that I called Dark Empire, Mike, who you had on the program not too long ago. So right, I'm going to run off and I am going to run off and get in to see them saying. But here's what else is going on tonight. DAB is playing down at the studio at Webster Hall. Uh, probably about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock over here. And uh, tomorrow night you got Bang Tango over at a place called Tobacco Road. They will have openers from The Deafening and a band called Vajra, two bands I really like to check out on the local circuit. Uh, Tuesday night don't have anything, but Wednesday night, my friends, it is the Adrenaline Mob. That's Mike Portnoy, Russell Allen, Mike uh, Orlando, and John Moyer headlining a show over at the Marlin Room in Webster Hall. This is a new venue inside Webster Hall, so three venues for your money now. Uh, Thursday night is Soulfly over at Ramacy Theater with Lodi Kong and Insight opening up the show. These are two bands that are sons of uh, Max Cavalera, who's in Soulfly. So this is a keeping it in the family metal night for sure. Uh, Friday night, man, some really cool shit going on as Soil Work, destroys the Gramercy Theater with the help of Jeff Loomis and um, Blackguard. That is what's going on over there. And at the same time, uh, down at St. Vitus, you have Master. And I think everybody who's listening to the Mayhem show tonight remembers that Master was interviewed not too long ago here on the program, and they are here, my friends. No excuse to get to not get yourself out to a show. Uh, Saturday night, the only thing I have listed is Brutal Truth down at St. Vitus Bar in a beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And that, my friend, is all I have for you. And I kept it really quick because I got people yelling and tourists knocking into me, and we don't <laughs> want to have a scene, right? So as always, my friends and scenes, find Piercing Metal on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, and, of course, right here with the wonderful hosts of the Heavy Metal Mayhem show. I will talk to you guys more next week. Ciao. You got it, Kenny. Take care and enjoy yourself tonight over there. Have a good time with the show. I don't know if you ask me, I think Kenny's probably pimping himself out in Times Square instead of going to the show. Hey, he's got to make money somehow, I guess. That, uh, that's exactly right. I wonder Everybody what he's getting per pound over there. Extra cash. You never well, know. All right, well, <laughs> I guess I'm, that's right. Before before Kenny called in, we had a Snow White on, in case I forgot to announce it. The song was New Messiah. They were out of Alaska, those guys. They were really like one of the first bands, like metal bands, like to come out of that state, you know, and really like... They had that EP out. I think it was 1984, 1985. But you never heard anything about them after that. And to this day, I don't think they've ever done anything. So pretty good stuff put over there. Yeah. I like it. Before that was the band Assassin that's up in the demolition segment. And if anybody has any info on that band, what do you think of that song? I thought it was a pretty good song. And the, and the quality was pretty good I for the know. 80s. I was going to say it. 
it had it had some it had some potential to do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. The other songs right. are good too. They just disappeared, like you know. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know they did. They did. We would have heard more about them, but I mean, I, you know, because sometimes you dig up some of these old demos and people put like five or six on a cassette, and they, you know, I remembered who they were, you know, in 1984 when I got them, but yeah. I can't remember now. So I'm like going through it. I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. Then you listen to it. I'm like, some people put albums on there. And they told you it was a demo, and you didn't know back then because there was no internet or any way of checking things out. Right, right. When something right. sounds a little too good, I'm like, well, is that a really a demo? Was it maybe an EP? And but I can't find anything on them. So if anybody has any information, yeah, send it my way and let me know. I like to get more on those guys, you know? Definitely. Ah, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, let me see. Next uh, Sunday night, we have Josh Christian from Toxic calling a great band from New York. They got back together. He's got some new members, some high-profile members joining him, and we'll talk to him next week about that. And we're going to close out the month with our interview we're going to do with uh, Biff Byford and Doug Scarrett of Saxon, also Lonnie Paul from Adler, Steve Adler's band. So we're going to have him on the show uh, next week. Uh, we're lining up some guests here for April, man. So we're, we're, we're keeping busy here at Heavy Metal Mayhem. Definitely. All right. Well, here's a band I saw last night for the first time in ever. So <laughs> I love these guys. Viking. They came to New York. They played in Brooklyn last night, like Kenny sent the St. Vitus Bar. And let's get a song off uh, one of the albums for you right now. And maybe after that, we'll do something by Power Drive, uh, one of his other bands, Dog with Jaws. Maybe do something from that. I love the Power Drive because he's so foul and offensive, and and it's just you know it's just a great shtick, you know, yeah. and he, like he goes all out with it. So yeah. we'll get on something off of that maybe, and he should be calling in uh, right after those songs. So here's Viking with White Death.
All right, that was Dogs with Jobs. I guess the pile driver has been Dogs with Jobs from the early 90s. That comes off the shock record. You got to love a guy who writes a song called Syphilis, AIDS, and Herpes too, huh? <laughs> El Duce can't hold a candlestick to the pile driver. I'm telling you. All right. Hey, you know that fact? I think, uh, I think God's on the line, so let me connect him right now. Piley, is that you? Hey, you dirty dirt bags. Oh, man, I tell you, listen, and I mean this in the nicest way. You were the most foul and offensive human being in the face of music. Well, I thank you. I didn't know you could smell me from there. <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, just man. heard your words. You, you just held me in high esteem against the the, the one and only uh, El Duce. And I have to I have to say those are those are mighty, mighty, mighty strong words, and I appreciate that. Uh, anytime. Listen, I appreciate all the music. Over. You know, you don't just get music with you and with Pile Drive and, and your bands. It's a whole show. It's a whole, like, it's a whole way of life. It, it's hard to explain for people that don't listen to it. I mean, I can imagine some people getting offended, but they just, they don't, I don't think they see underneath it. It's just, it's just good shit. Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, let's just say out of the mainstream, and, uh, and that's just the way it's always going to be. It's always been, it always will be, you know, and as long as there's people out there that enjoy this craziness, uh, there's always going to be maniacs like me around to do it, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good to know. And was Pile Driver your first, like, you know, professional band or the first recording band you were in, or did you have anything going on before that? Well, it was the first real recording band, yeah. That was that was why I jumped at it. It was it was actually a studio project, if you will, and uh, because it was going to be a real release on vinyl, I jumped at the chance to be involved in it. So, yeah, it was pretty much my first, uh, my first foray into the world, you know, of, of recording, yeah. Yeah, because it was just you and one other guy, if I remember. But I also remember hearing, uh, maybe, maybe more so with the Stay Ugly record, uh, that you worked a lot with, with uh, Ed Forcino and David DeFeese from Virgin Steel. With yeah, the they, did the, yeah, they the did the music for the for Stay Ugly. Yeah, it was uh, Leslie Howe and me for the first album for Metal Inquisition. And then the record company brought in uh, Dave DeFeese and Eddie Persino to uh, to do the second album. There was a falling out. Uh, with uh, with uh, less than the uh, the record guy, the, the metal inquisition guy, and the record guy didn't uh, see eye to eye on a lot of shit, and uh, for good reason. That was a true record weasel. You know, you read about them, you hear about yeah. them. He was he was one of them, and uh, he took us really good. But anyways, Les saw it early and got out, and so uh, uh, the record dude brought in uh, Dave DeFies and Virgin Seal to satisfy some contractual obligations on their part and uh that's how stay ugly came about with a little harder edge you know than uh than metal inquisition was leslie was a more commercial kind of guy and uh dave defies and eddie a little more harder edged you know and so that's how that came about how did you feel about it at that time i mean you know because like you're oh i enjoyed it i like i was enjoying getting a free ride onto vinyl you know yeah (laughs) That's the way I was seeing it. My voice was getting heard, and uh, more power to me, kind of thing. <laughs> That's the way I felt about it. I yeah. didn't care who was. I didn't really care who was behind me, as long as it was quality. As long as it was. Uh, as long as it lit a fire under my ass and made me scream uh, the way <laughs> I did, you know, that was that was what was working for me. I, you know, I stayed involved as long as I could, yeah. and uh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely enjoyed the harder. Uh, Movement of file and stay ugly than the metal inquisition myself. Yeah, stay ugly. They're both good records. Stay ugly is an amazing album, and it, I, I think it was Virgin Virgin re-recorded the Fire God. Like, like I don't know how many years later. Exactly, and and I think he even did it two or three times, not just the once. I guess he really liked that one. 
<laughs> Probably, stuck yeah. Stuck to his ribs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he, he takes like eight years to put out a record, so he had a lot of time in between, I guess, to fail with the doing <laughs> for each one. But that's the yeah. way it goes. But, but did you... Was you you got to say that... The, the time that they that those guys put in come up with the you know with these big epic pieces you know oh, yeah. like, it, it takes time to do that kind of shit I like the heads down hard and fast and tear your face off and get out of there kind of thing yeah you put too much thinking into it that's where things get screwed up yeah you got to go with the with the gut instinct on a song you know if the song wants to be what it wants to be I'm I'm not a big embellisher except maybe the, a few side of sound effects here and there to make it a giggle a little bit, you know, a little bit of the old mental theater going. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't like uh, huge big orchestrations. Oh, wait, I just played Dogs with Jaws before you came on, you know, a syphilis age and herpes too. I mean, you got like yeah. a whole medical lesson right there. Like they should be playing that for every kid going to medical school. And also as a kind of a, a manual for every young musician heading out on the road for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, man. But when, when you put the power driver together and you had it going, was your intention from the beginning to say, you know, I'm going to try to just offend as many people as I can, just give some kick-ass? You know, well, that was exactly it, because we found that there was, you know, Alice Cooper had died off at that point, right? Yeah. And there was no evil villain anymore. The, you know, the, the closest thing was King Diamond, right? True. And I felt that King Diamond was still too polished and shit and all that falsetto crap and stuff. And I, I wanted to have a really down-and-dirty fucking motorcycle riding fucking cigar chomp and J.D. Swiller, you know? Yeah. Uh, we needed a we need a heavy, heavy, heavy metal needed a, 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 a villain hero. And so we figured that uh, I would be that the new generation's Alice Cooper. Um, that you definitely would. Did you find people took it like real seriously? Like they were like, you know, this guy's crazy. I can't, you know. Oh, like, uh, what my some of my favorite stuff is some of the the protests that would go on in some record stores. Some religious group would be out front <laughs> protesting sex with Satan, you know. And what's really hilarious is if they actually look at the lyrics, it's just, you know. It, it's just describing what happens when Satan possesses, and the, the the bottom line is, if you do that, you're excommunicated. Excommunication means you're kicked out of the church. Yeah. So it was it follows right along with everything that they've ever taught and said, but they just got all in a big froth, you know, because it was metal. That's what the problem was there. It was it was metal. Exactly. They weren't railing against any religious concept. They were just trying to to dampen metal. That, that's we were in the PMRC hearings. Pile driver lyrics are in congressional record in the states, man, in the Washington Wives hearings. Remember that's those? Pretty yeah, that's man, pretty good. 15. I gotta get a copy of that match for so long. I, I forget all about that sometimes. You know, people don't remember when Tipper Gore and the rest of them were yeah. going apes, you know, every little thing, you know, that was happening with the. Yeah. But like anything else, it just makes it stronger and it made it better. Because if you say no. People are gonna want to see it, and that yep. it just That's gave right. it more credence back then. Yep. So it's reverse psychology, and they, and they and they they completely blew it. Yeah. Putting a label on something said, "Hey, I'm the one you want." <laughs> you know. That's right. Skip that, through that's all so that true. shit. It was easier then. You just had to wait. You know, kick through the records until you hit the one with the label. Boom. My pile. Did 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 did. Boom. My pile. Did 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 did. You know, there's the best shit. Thank you. Yep. That that's so true, man. I tell you, and you know, like I said, I, I've been following you since the beginning with Pile Driver stuff, and I and I love everything that you do, and I'm a big fan. Uh, I never got to see you live, which kills me. I never got to yeah, see you live. Yeah, we, we got down we got down to New York once, 
uh, we did a thing in uh, in Queens at uh, Metal Kingdom. Okay. And uh, ever since then, it's been a real hassle to get across because we're not a union band and we don't go with that shit. Yeah. And so uh, we've been fingerprinted, and, and and it's impossible for us to even get down there for vacation, let alone to try to do anything musical. So uh, we're at sort of a little deadlock here for me getting down into the States for right now. The, the unions in Canada, with the, especially like with the music, it's, it's a pretty big thing. They take it very seriously over there. It's yeah, they thing. sure do, man. Like if I was to try to get down there and sneak over to do another gig, uh, I'd be in jail. Like at That's this incredible. point, uh, I'm I'm at the last resort, the last uh, the last barrier. You know, we've we've pushed it so many times to come down. We played Cleveland a few times. We tried to get into Chicago, and that was bang. That was it. That was when they put up the, fu- the final fence for us. Wow. Next time Sweet. we try, it's jail. Cheap cheap medicine and free medical care, and you can't even come across the border to play a couple of shows yeah. for a few bucks. Well, it's American homeland. It's not. It's not the Canadian side that's stopping me, man. It's the American side saying that I'm going down there and stealing jobs, and I'm like, well, you point out these fuckers that are playing my tunes because I'll fucking chop them a good one in the mouth. <laughs> I tell you, it's this country. You got to do like everybody else does. You got to go through Mexico to get into this country. They can come in <laughs> any day right. of the week to get a job. That's right. Gotta I got to pick me some watermelons and, yeah. and uh, do a few do a few weeks and bolt right. Yeah, right in Mexico, you stick a bag of coke up your ass, you cross the border, you're in like Flint, you never have to go back again. That's it. It's incredible. And Obama's going to turn me all legal soon anyways, right, if I do. Yeah, well, we're going to have to come up to Canada. You know, if, I mean, if Canada ever had a civil war, who would kick whose ass, the regular Canadians or the French Canadians? Oh, fuck. Because uh, the French are really committed to their shit, you know, I'll give them that. Because yeah. I'm living here in Montreal now. And, oh, okay. Yeah, they're real committed to their shit. There, there's a big English-French war going on right now. They're trying to boot the English language out of all signage and, and contracts and all kinds of stuff. And so I'll give the French a real commitment, but I'll give the English just the sheer numbers, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I saw Canadian bacon. I know you got to have everything in two languages over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it is. Um, you know, when when Pilot Driver kind of split up, I guess somewhere like around the the late eighties, uh, eighty seven, eighty eight, around there, uh, you had Dogs with Jaws. If that's just a continuation, because well, just... okay, here's the deal with Dogs with Jaws. Let me tell you how that came about. Dogs with Jaws Shock was supposed to be the third Pile Driver record. Okay. Now, what had happened was, is after Dave Defies and Eddie Persino had fulfilled their contractual duties and moved on into life, uh, I approached the record dude saying, hey, let me do their next record. Let me produce it. Let me write it. I know the voice of Pyle, because I'm Pyle. Yeah. Let me fucking give a swing, you know? So I was... uh, neck deep in production of that we were actually mixing it and he came into the studio and then uh uh came down to brass tacks where i find out that no he's not going to give me a penny in advance and it's just going to go out and we'll see what happens i'm like no this is the third time out and i'm not getting burnt this time the first two albums went out and they did fucking great and i didn't get dime one so no i'm not just handing you this album you're going to need to give me 12 grand or you're not getting this record well, you have to give it to me. It's Pile Driver record, and I said, "Really? Well, now it's a Dogs of Jobs record. You're in the fucking wrong studio. You don't belong here. This is a Dogs of Jobs session. Get the fuck out. I'm calling the cops." Yeah. That's how that went down. That was the end of the of the relationship right there in the studio, and uh, I had Dogs of Jobs as a name in my back pocket for like for years for for a band. Right? It was always you know one of my secret favorite band names, and I just whipped it out subconsciously almost. 
And then uh, we decided, okay, it's not scrapped. I'm just going to change a lot of the lyrics to depile them and make them a little bit more generally commercial so that anybody could have sung them, you know, rather than being very pile driver centric. Yeah. Uh, changed a few lyrics around completely, like um, the song Road Pigs uh, came out of uh, the song Dogs with Jobs. Uh, Road Pigs was the pile version, and then Dogs with Jobs was the cleaned up commercial version. But the music is still exactly the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just doctored the lyrics to make it unpile and uh, shopped it around as Dogs with Jobs, and luckily uh, got a Fringe Product to distribute it. And uh, that's how that came about. It was I like to, I, I, I'm sorry, but I like the way you say you made it a little more commercially acceptable. <laughs> then I think about syphilis, AIDS, bang yeah. and die. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's commercially acceptable. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that was the clean cut. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Shock was a great record. Did you also do Payday at the same time, or was that done? Uh, no, Payday was a, was a uh, different lineup. Actually, Dogs and Jobs had then broken up because we, we tried real hard for a couple of years, and nothing happened for us. And, you know, guys went back to their jobs and you know it just died and then um started jamming with the, with another couple of dudes and hey you know what uh, you guys do the dogs tunes pretty good let's let's kick the can and try a dogs album and so that's uh, how it sounds so different too right? different influence different musicians right but i really really liked the payday album myself it was a lot of fun yeah that was a good record i enjoyed that one a lot i was hoping for more but you know I like you said, you got the battles with the record company going on. That that was so prevalent back then. Yeah. Uh, how do you look at it? It I mean, still is, man. It still yeah. is. It's, but now more and more with the internet and, you know, Facebook and MySpace, everybody's doing it the, themselves now. The more the, the old school punk is now the, the general mainstream way of doing it, you know? Yeah. Yep. That, that's true. It's a, it's a do-it-yourself uh, thing again. Yeah. But I, yep. I know you, you haven't put out a record in a while of new material. Is it, is it like even like interesting to do it these days? Because a lot of bands, they just play live. They don't even want to be bothered with new material. Because like you said, record well, in my case, it's just a, a matter of my my living conditions. I got a job, and you know, I'm just a hair above surviving. So I don't got the luxury of you know being able to afford studio time. And where I'm living now is horrible for recording, paper thin walls, so I can't make noise. And when I try to record, noise comes in. You know, so I don't have the studio like I did back in Toronto and so I'm, I'm still working on that getting my home studio shit dialed in so that I can work at home again because uh, you know I'm just a dog with a job like like the name goes man <laughs> I'm just a dude like anybody else trying to get through fucking life paycheck to paycheck you know I hear that it's, it's not I've, made a, I've made a, a mountain of bad business decisions so I've never seen a dime from music ever so it's a, that's like a very uh very consuming hobby, if you will. You know, that's a great way of saying a consuming hobby because you put so much effort and time into it and to not yeah. get paid. I mean, I mean, you see today with the internet, I mean, you, you could well, make it, You know what it is? It's my debt to the fans. It's, it's, it's my cross to bear. You know, we started this fucking thing back then and then we got all, the, all these, these people all around the planet, like yourself, hooked on it and, you know, we got to keep feeding it. Uh, I owe it to the fans for being there for 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 supporting it three decades later. You know what I mean. So I owe it to you guys to 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 keep trying to keep kicking at the can to keep trying to put gigs together to keep striving to to move forward. I did manage to cobble together that uh, live album, uh, uh, Night of the Unpolished Turd. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's got uh, a lot of the fave tunes on it. It's got a couple of the new ones, you know. Right now I'm actually in talks with somebody about re-releasing the manifesto. It died an ignominious death at the hands of a, a horrible record label. So that that my big return got totally burnt. So I'm going to try that again. I got myself a little uh, fish on the line to, to distribute it again, and I've got all new artwork for it, proper artwork. And uh, we'll see if uh, we can get it out into people's ears. That would be fantastic. I was pretty proud of it, man. I thought Metal Manifesto was a, was a perfect follow-up to, to where we had left off in the 80s. I agree with you on that 100%. And I know right before that, or around a couple of you had the DVD out, but it was like yeah. impossible to get a copy of that. Uh, I don't know if there was a Yeah, the record label printed. completely, completely dropped the fucking ball. They turned the tide against me by pooching about 400 orders. People sent their fucking money for pre-order and for, and for just for regular orders, and they never got their shit. And it completely ruined my fucking reputation uh, uh, worldwide. And then at the same time, uh, we were supposed to go do a tour of Europe, and then two of the guys quit on me right, like weeks before the tour, completely pooched that. I managed to save uh, one show with uh, with my buddies in Spugor, and then Spugor ended up becoming my new band. That's you know, yeah, I try right. I try to forge on regardless whatever whatever shit this fucking horrible existence heaps upon me. I just keep moving on, man. It's all I can do. Hey, you know what they say in the military? If you're, if you're marching, you're not fighting. So you got to keep moving That's along, it. get it going. But, I, I, yeah. you know, because you can listen to all the pilots of music you want. It's fantastic. But there's nothing like a live show. I mean, seeing you yeah. guys up on stage, it would be great if there was a way of getting even a new DVD. I know it's like, it's easy to say these things, but, you know, who's paying for it? Where's the money coming yeah. from? And the show, and my, but, you know, here's here's the problem with, with, uh, with Piledriver in, in, in this world uh, is that we're that mid-sized band. We're too big to to not do something, but we're not big enough that a that a, a label is willing to invest the money because who knows if they're going to make the return. We're not a hundred thousand uh, fan band. We're you know we're a seventy thousand fan band worldwide, you know, and it's just in that pocket where it's it's a, it's a it's an iffy deal for 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 a label or any distributor to get behind. It's a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, do you still have to pitch yourself today when you go out there, you know, even though you have the name behind you? What do you mean? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah oh, that... yeah. Sorry. Is this, no, uh... it's okay. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I got to work hard, man. I work hard to get the, the, the gigs that we get. And then, you know, these, most of the gigs nowadays are put on by these halfwit promoters that are, you know, they, they mean well, but they have no experience, and so it, it falls apart, or you don't get paid. You know, it's 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 really tough for a mid-level band that has no no label support or management or or anything. You know, we're 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 rated right down in the in the gutters right where we're with every starting band. You know, no matter where uh, where I've been, I'm still fighting to get a gig. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for bands all over the place. I mean, I don't, it could be a young upcoming band playing in a garage, even some of the A-list headliners. I mean, they're all having trouble getting. It's hard to get people to the show. I mean. I don't see. I mean, when it's a band like to get people off their ass, should be because there. you know we're 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 a generation that is is completely served at the couch. 
You have every media outlet available on your computer, on your radio, on your TV, DVDs. You know, no one goes to concerts anymore. Oh, I'm going to buy the DVD. It's like I'm in the front row. It sounds better. I don't have anybody puking on me. You know, everything is, is, is so instant gratification. It's a big hassle to go down to a club. Oh, and those smelly people. Unless you're the type that just lives for the mosh pit, you're always going to be there, you know. But the general, general uh, Bob and Sally America, it, it, they're entertained, they're they're served. It, it's a lot of trouble to go, get a sitter and park the car and you know get a dinner in and go see a show with all the smelly kids around playing their their speedy death metal with the crazy lyrics you can't make out. <laughs> Yeah. That's so true. Yep, you, you don't know who these bands are today. It's like you said, it's, it's, everybody wants everything instantaneously. It's instant gratification. Yeah. I mean, that works well for me because that's, what Hell, I that's why we don't like make that. money off records anymore. It's that instant gratification. I want to hear it now. Well, there's a torrent. Here, let me hear it. Well, I got it. Well, I don't really, really love it. So I don't think I'll buy it, but I will listen to it every fucking day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I hear you like you're like a tech guy. You're with the computers. You love that stuff. How how is it that there's no way of, of stopping somebody from downloading something? I mean, I don't get it. They, they can do it because there's always somebody that's going to crack it. Yeah. No matter what technology you come up with, no matter what lock you create, there will be somebody that specializes in cracking that lock and making it available. It's a utopian paradise, right? This yeah. is what the, the 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 new movements are all about. Is everything is free for everybody? Knowledge is free. This is intellectual knowledge. It should be free. Music is free, man. Yeah, well, tell that to the guy that uh, that runs the studio, or you know, the you know, when you go to to buy some packages for mailing. Yeah, it's funny they take money for those things. Oh, I guess I I'll just work for a living. Uh, you know, I'm sweating my ass off like a twenty year old every day, even though I'm fifty years old and I've pissed away all my uh, retirement money on pile driver. That's okay. I can work until I die. Just to make sure that some, you know, some kid in Pacoima gets his CD for cheaper than uh, he can go to a store for, if he hasn't already downloaded it. I know. It, what kills me is I know, like that's the younger generation today. That's the way they were brought up. That's the way they were raised. I guess that's the way they do things. But it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, people, yeah, people buying records, like you know, like a Paltrow records, and someone like myself. I don't care about going to the store and dropping. I mean, the records today are cheaper than they were back in the 80s. I mean, the CD... Don't get me wrong. That's not 100% of the people. There are supporters. No question, there are supporters. If there were zero supporters, I sure as hell wouldn't be sitting here talking to you on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I can imagine. It, 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 it wasn't like there was so much money to be made anyway, you know, but the little this bit that it. you were, at least it was there at one time. Now it's it's shot to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now it's all about, uh, really, about the love of the music. It's a it's a cliched term, but it really is about that. It's about the love for these particular songs, for this particular era, for this particular sound, for this particular idiom, for this for this feel, for this uniqueness, for this moment in time that it was. And it's my pleasure to, to relive it uh, at full gallop. That's a good thing. And, you know, one thing about, about that... When you go back to the beginning, you kind of kept everything kind of secretive. Everything was like a mystery. Nobody knew your real name. That's, Nobody good. Knew That's what the, the record company wanted to do. And, and I, in my mind, they completely blew it. I should have been up front, you know, completely selling it. Being the, the filthy pig that I was, <laughs> we should have been the opposite. We should have been in everybody's face. We would have been as big as Metallica and still around. 
I agree with you, man. You know, but uh, Polly, I only got a little bit of time left in the show. I want to get That's some cool. music on. But listen, I like I said, I've been a big fan. And you know what? Tonight, when I go to bed, my wife, I'm going to scream out your name. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was great talking today, man. Please, anytime you got something, come back on. What's, what's coming up in the near future? Got anything happening? Well, right like now? I say, we're working on the re-release of Metal Manifesto so that everybody can finally hear it and see it with the proper artwork. And uh, uh, I've been sitting on a, a little little nest egg here that we're trying to finish up. It's the old old Piley Piledriver cartoon. It's going to be in episodes, and uh, that is truly going to be the funniest shit you ever saw in your life. Oh, yeah. Old Piley cartoon, man. That's going to be good. I can't wait to check that it's out. It's going to be bigger than anything that Piley's ever done. You watch. That's pretty big, then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I appreciate so it, man. And you know what? I'm going to do some Flowers of Evil, and then I'm going to maybe close the show out when I'm Suck My Cock, because nothing's <laughs> more... When people talk about the classics, they say Black Sabbath, you know, Stay Away to Heaven. I'm Suck My <laughs> Cock is right up there with them all. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, Piley. Thank you for talking to me today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Take care. All right, the exalted pile driver, the one and only. Great guy. Go, Coach. I appreciate him calling in today. Let's go back to some early pile drive. I should have put up something from uh, Metal Manifesto, but I didn't. I was trying to try to get on Suck My Cock on before the end of the show, but we only got a few left. So here you go. Flowers of Evil.
know what, T, I forgot to unmute the microphone. Uh, I do that a lot, man. There's two different mics here. I always forget. Apologize, everybody listening, but that was Heretic. The song was Betrayed. That's off the band's newest record, A Time of Crisis. And like I said, along with Viking, they made their appearance last night on the East Coast for the first time at the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. And, you know, Julian Mendez, the singer of the band, I was saying he he was the original singer, but he really was the original. There was somebody before him, like in the, the pre-demo stage of the band. And then he joined the band. He was out after that first EP. And then the band put out the record Breaking Point, and they kind of broke up after that. But when they got back together a few years ago, Julian was back in the band. And when I saw him last night, I felt like I was looking at the same 20-year-old kid that was in the band. He does not age. He does not change at all. It's amazing. What a lucky guy. Yeah, and his voice. He got out that crumbly. He sounded better live than on record. You know, on record, you could do a lot of work and enhance your vocals whatever. This guy's got the goods, man. He sounded great. The whole band, Brian and Glenn on guitar, got some young kid playing drums with them. He was absolutely amazing. Angelo Espinosa on bass, who played with, I can't tell you how many other bands. He was in Anger Anger is Art with our friend Steve Gaines, and they just blew the fucking roof off the place last night, man. What a great way to kick off the night, I'm telling you. That's great. Yeah, if anybody doesn't have that record, you got to go pick it up, because it's just that good of an album. Right there, you can tell by the song, Betrayed. All right, T, well, we're down to the last 10 minutes. Let me see what I got lined up for this Thursday in the middle matinee. It's the wide world of metal. We're going to Austria this week, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was hard digging up a lot of bands from Austria, especially like 80s bands. Yeah, I could imagine. Oh, it wasn't easy. I had to put one or two of the newer bands in there Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of fill up the hour. Yeah. Uh, But one of them is, uh, you know, a good classic metal band, you know, so they got that sound. The other one is that Austrian uh, Death Machine. Okay. I, I I really I heard them for years. I've never really gave the music a chance. I didn't even know that they were from Austria. I thought somebody yeah. just took the name. Made know? the name of yeah. No, they're really from Austria. <laughs> so <laughs> they're in there. But uh, they're actually pretty good. I mean, they they do like a little mix of the clean vocals and like the death growls on certain parts. Mm-hmm. So I tried to find one that didn't have too much of it in there because that's not really like you know my cup of tea or our cup of tea I should say. Yeah. But I had to put them in because they were probably the metal matinee bootleg artists because I don't have any bootleg live shows from any Australian bands. Okay. Austria, I said Australian, Austria bands from Austria. Austria. Yeah. Wasn't Austria uh, piling up a Hitler back during World War Two? Well, yeah, he was the. Yeah, they wanted the, they wanted the Germany's uh, rule, and he I was born know. there. Who was there? He was born in Austria. No, I know that, but I remember him, him having a little bit more of it, because I remember the sound of the music. You know, they all had to flee the country to Von Bauer. Oh, yeah, yeah, times. that was there. That was their country. I love that clip. <laughs> Last week somebody got mad. They got offended. I, I played. I was like, I'm like, that's not. That's 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 the audience at a Doro show. It's not a. It's not a Hitler Youth rally. <laughs> the audience at a Doro show. No, I got. I was. Uh, I was transcribing a Doro bootleg, like for an upcoming metal matinee. Yeah. And it was a it was an early show by Warlock. I should say Dora. It was a Warlock show from like 1983, 84. <laughs> like one of the first shows. Yeah. And they played in front of a big crowd in, in Frankfurt, Germany. Talking. The home, so everything was in German in between the songs because they were playing for an old German audience. 
fun. And when she, you know, when you talk, you, you know, we've had Dora on the show a couple of times. She's very sweet. She's very mild when she speaks. Yeah. But when she's live, I mean, you've seen her live. I mean, she's like an animal. I mean, like she screams and yells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was an early show, you know, from in, Germany. In German, and, and she was sounds... talking to you, and that's what it sounded like. It sounded like the Hitler you rally. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Female Nazis. Uh, yeah, on that clip, I was like, that's funny shit. Yeah. I know. I used to used to crack me up when Howard Stern used to uh, Fred from Howard Stern used to play uh, the same clip of of uh, Hitler all the time. Oh yeah, I love when Billy West used to do the impersonation. Oh, he's a pisser. That was funny stuff, man. I one day you got to try to make me copies of those old uh, Channel Nine shows, the WR shows. Oh yeah, they were nuts. Yeah, you got they You can find them on eBay. Every now and then, like somebody put them on DVD, like you know, bootleg versions of them. Yeah, I'd like to get that. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna try. But when, they're like two hundred dollars sometimes when you go on I there know, for them. I know, I know. I, I've seen them go as high as four. Wow, it's oh. worth it if they're in good, if they look good, like yeah, you know, no, if, they, if they're in perfect condition. And then some of them even have the stuff that was uh, recorded uh, for um, for Fox Five. Okay. Who you NYW? You know the the Ch- yeah. Channel Five shows that never even aired. So those those are the compilations that you want. Sound like you're dying over there. Yeah, I got this fucking hacking cough. I can't get rid of it. Yeah, that's all right. Well, you know what? I'll let you rest up your vocal cords for a few minutes. All right. Very How about good. we do a little, uh, what do you want to hear? I got Bad Brains, Celtic Frost, Rock Goddess. Uh, Let's do a Bad Brains because we're in the, you know, with the, yeah, we... the hardcore uh, mode. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right, here you go. It's the Right Brigade. All right.
right, that was the final tune of the night. Celtic Frost with Into the Crypt of Rays off the Morbid Tales record from way back in the days. You know what? I think it's time for Tom Warrior to get Celtic Frost back together and active again because that Trypticon shit just ain't working. Oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all is right. But you know what, buddy? We've got 30 seconds left in the show. Right, and man. I want to thank my guest, the exalted pal driver, for calling in today. And I want to thank Vinny Stigma from Stigma, Agnostic Front, Madball, and way back in the day, the Eliminators. Vinny, I'm going to come meet you this week, buddy, at the radio station. Oh, and we're going to have some meatballs with raisins in them, buddy. No, you don't want the raisins. That's right. I'm making regular meatballs. No raisins. Raisins. <laughs> I don't even, I, is that Sicilian? I didn't yeah, know Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of Sicilians do that, but no, uh, we don't mom, do it. My mom was Sicilian. She never put raisins. Yeah, and neither do we, but a lot of them do. But we're yeah. down to the last two seconds, buddy, right, so we got to say good night. Good night, brother. Good, good night, night, everyone. Everybody. Take care. Take care. Ah, raisins in the meatballs. <laughs>